0: Welcome to Get Riched, a podcast where I chat about movies, music, and technology. This is episode eleven. So let's get right into it. So talking about movies, there was a couple movies over the last two weeks that I watched. Uh, the first one being the upside. The upside starring Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston, and Nicole Kidman, um, the kind of synopsis of the movie, uh, Kevin Hart um, actually played more of a serious role, which is a little bit different than you know his more comedic roles that you would see in recent films like Night School, but in this movie, he played someone who was a little more rough around the edges, been to prison, trying to get his you know his life back together, and he needs a job, and so Brian Cranston. Being a quadriplegic, um, needing um, care, um, he hires Kevin Hart's character um, as more of like a 24-hour-a-day support care person. Um, they kind of build this relationship, uh, this friendship, and uh, the movie was good. It was a feel-good movie. Uh, Nicole Kidman played more of the uh, the business partner, friend to Bryan Cranston's character to make sure it's almost like he didn't get taken. Um, and I don't know. It was, it was a feel-good movie. I feel like the three of them I probably would have never put into a film, but I feel like they all um, accented each other, and they all played off of each other in a very rich, um, good, emotional way. Uh, leaving the movie, um, I felt great. Uh, I would recommend it uh, to anybody. I would even recommend going to see it in theaters. Um, so that was that was a definitely um, good choice. Uh, I saw on IMDb, however, they rate it out of a 10. Um, so 1 being the worst, 10 being absolutely phenomenal. Um, I thought it was interesting. Um, I saw this at a 5.0 out of 10. Um so kind of right in the middle of the road. Uh, you know I'd probably give it more closer to 6.5 7 so a little bit over mediocre. Uh, you know I I definitely have seen better movies. I've seen extremely worse movies, but uh, you know I do I did, I did enjoy this one, so I would definitely say go see this one. Um something interesting about this one, this was actually a remake of a French film The Untouchables from 2011. In Germany and the Netherlands, it was the most successful French film in history. So kind of think on that for a minute where we in the States remake a movie that was remade from a French film that was the most successful film in French history. So I don't know if we did it justice, Um, you know, from the director, you know, Neil Berger. I didn't know. If he really did it justice to make it the most successful film in our history, so th- another film I went to see um, in theaters was Glass, uh, the third installment of the M Night Shyamalan series. Um, first, you had Unbreakable um, with Bruce Willis, uh, where he um, you know was indestructible um, and. Samuel Ed Jackson was the guy who was very fragile. They call Glass, and so that was a couple years ago, uh, early two thousands. And then the second installment of that was Split, starring James McAvoy, where um, he had I think it was twenty or twenty three personalities. He would capture people and he would mutilate them. Uh, that was two years ago. Now it's 2018, 2017. So that was two years ago. And then Glass was the third installment where it was focused a little bit more on Samuel L. Jackson's character, Elijah, kind of going from the standpoint of where uh, Elijah and James McAvoy's character, or characters, the Horde, uh, all of them, and then Bruce Willis, they all come together at this mental institution And they all play off of each other. Now for this one, I have to say that I was excited, um, but not too excited. So there's only been a couple really good M. Night Shyamalan films for me. Uh, He's made a bunch of films, and a lot of them kind of just fall flat for me. I don't really have high hopes when I see it's M. Night Shyamalan film. Um, You know, I know he's known for Lady in the Water, Signs, The Village, um, The Sixth Sense. Um, So Sixth Sense is one of a good ones for me. I'd put that at, you know, one of the top of my list. Signs was okay. You know, The Village I thought was terrible. You know, so I don't really see him as, you know, a top director, writer, and producer. But, you know, as far as Glass goes, it was good. You know, it was entertaining in parts. Um, They had this elaborate story that they I felt like they were building up to but the story never happened I don't know it was weird you'll have to go see it to kind of see what you know your thoughts are on the movie it's just they they were like we're going to be going to do this and this and this and it just never happened uh, James McAvoy I felt did a great job um, he had to play multiple characters Even in one scene, he would have to flip between, you know, three or four different characters, which I thought was phenomenal as far as acting goes. Um, As far as the score IMDb gave it, which I don't know, I feel like is a little high, they said 7.1 out of 10. I would give this closer to what the upside got. I would give it closer to a 5 out of 10. It was middle of the road. It was somewhat entertaining I felt like it kind of left you, uh, it left me underwhelmed. It left me wanting a little bit more. It's like they ran out of time or money or, you know, something. Uh, a couple of interesting parts about this. The hospital where the movie was, the majority of the movie was filmed, was actually a former mental hospital located over in Pennsylvania, which I thought was uh, interesting. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, who played Elijah, was actually five years older in real life than. Um, Charlene Woodward who played Elijah's mother and so that just goes to show you that in movie magic they can make you look older look younger it really doesn't matter it's all makeup you know those types of things Um, let's see Uh, who is it Sarah Paulson Um, she was in this as well she actually accepted her part in the movie um, as more of like the, um, the doctor in the film who was trying to get the, to the baseline of all three characters and who they were. She accepted the part without even reading the script because she wanted to work with M. Night Shyamalan, which, uh, I don't know, I thought was interesting. You know, like I said, maybe it's a little bit different on the Hollywood side, but it kind of leaves me, you know, left kind of bored on this film. Um, the movie itself had a 39-day um, shoot um, starting on October 2nd, 2017, the script itself was only 134 pages, which I feel like for you know, kind of a blockbuster type film, I feel like it's uh, it was a little short um, as far as scripting goes. Um, like I said, maybe it was funding or I don't know what happened, but I felt like it was just kind of bland. The third movie I went to see, actually I saw this at my house, was Wildlife, um, 2018 starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Carey Mulligan. This was um, one of the ones I really wanted to see. I started reading some articles because it actually didn't get um, too many nominations for awards. Uh, As some of you may know, some of you may not know, that the beginning of each year is the awards season. Um, Golden Globes, Oscars, um, Emmys, you know, all those different types of award shows are towards the beginning of the year usually, which... Unfortunately, means for moviegoers like myself that there's not a lot of great content being released. So I constantly check my A-listers app to go see new movies, and there's like one or two movies coming out for the week, um, which I'm wanting to go see, you know, more films, uh, but there's nothing else for me to see. So with the award ceremony, Um, I started reading some articles and I saw an article about wildlife and it had Jake Gyllenhaal, which I very much enjoy seeing his films. And it was the directorial debut of Paul Dano. Um, This was about a teenage boy who has to deal with a complicated response after his father temporarily abandons their family. And his mother has to find out how to process that. The boy is roughly 12 to 14 Um, This was kind of set in like early 80s. It almost feels like um, this was it was interesting. It was kind of a a slower film. It was more family oriented. Um, It was focused more on the emotion of the film where the father is leaving and the mother and the son have to try and understand and emotionally deal with that. Uh, Paul Dano said it was tempting to not use his voice as a voiceover throughout the film and kind of lead the film on, but he actually let the actors do their thing, which um, finding that information now I thought was interesting because, um, you know, I thought it would be a good touch to kind of set the mood and set the tone if Paul Dano would have done a voiceover throughout the film, but they had a lot of great strong emotional scenes between Carey Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal that I felt like they did it justice um I would give you know this film I would probably give it probably 6.5 7 out of 10 um it was good um it was up there for me but you know it wasn't you know anything crazy um so let's see what IMDb ended up giving it Um, Out of 10, they did a 7.1. So I'd say that one's pretty accurate for me. So that one was a great one. And doing some research with all of these films, um, I saw one that was rated very, very high. That comes out, um, it looks like it's a Netflix film on February 1st. Another Jake Gyllenhaal movie. It's called Velvet Buzzsaw um, a series of paintings by an unknown artist are discovered, a supernatural force enacts revenge on those who have allowed their greed to get through, uh, to in the way of art. Um, I thought this one looks pretty interesting. I was just doing some research on the other films that I saw, and I saw this one, even though not out yet, it had probably some sneak peeks, maybe some screeners, things like that, that it has a 9.4 out of 10 which is rated very high. It's in the horror, mystery, thriller side of things, which I'm not too keen on, but with it being Jake Gyllenhaal, I would probably give it a chance, Um, and with it being kind of focused around the art. Um, So let's move on to music. Um, Not too much in the side of music for me. Um, I'm still using Hype Machine, the app that I kind of talked about in episode 10. I'm still using Hype Machine to kind of look for new music, new tunes to jam to throughout the week. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet in a previous episode, but I thoroughly enjoy, um, and I'll probably butcher the name, but Toby Nwigwe. Uh I feel like his music is just, every song is great. I can listen to the album from start to finish. I think there's three or four albums out uh, right now. And so he has usually his producer uh, Nell or Linnell, and then his wife Fat, and then himself. So it's kind of like a trio, and it's fantastic. He was actually a previous football player in college, um, D one football player. You know, winning award after award during his football seasons. He got hurt. He's pretty bad. I think he said he hurt his foot, and then he didn't even have any uh, goals or aspirations to go toward being a, a rapper, being in music, but, um, he was kind of found almost by chance, by mistake. And I'm glad it was because he, he proclaims the gospel and his music. He is a solid writer. He can, his rhyming technique, his style, his music production from Nell, um, with her producing all of his tracks I feel like it's a 10 out of 10 every single time, every single song. So definitely go give your ears a treat. Go listen to Toby Nwigwe. It's T O B E N W I G W E. So definitely give any one of his songs um a listen. I think that you would be pleasantly surprised even if you're not into rap. Go give it a chance. So moving on to the in the world of tech and technology, um, I was kind of reading up and listening to a couple kind of new spots. Um, I saw that Amazon is going to start kind of a test market for robot delivery. Um, there are going to be like kind of smaller robots, I believe. They said in the Washington D.C. area, I believe. But which is interesting is during this testing, they'll still have to have a human with them. But they just want to kind of get a feel and kind of see what it's what it's doing, how it's working. So that would be interesting. Um, A big news story that I've seen across multiple news sources is that Facebook, the owner of of course, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp will be integrating all three of those apps on the messaging side. So they'll take Facebook Messenger, the messaging system of WhatsApp, and the messaging side of Instagram, and they'll be able to integrate. So that would mean, from my understanding, that if you are on Facebook Messenger and You have your best friend that's not on Facebook Messenger, but who is an avid person on WhatsApp, then you would be able to be messaging them between Instagram and WhatsApp or Instagram and uh, Facebook. And you'll be able to go through all three ways, which I don't really care for. I feel like I don't really use Facebook as much as I used to. I don't use WhatsApp at all. And Instagram um, is probably one of my go-tos right now. I've, I like the um, having each one of those being separated. I like being able to go into Instagram and having my Instagram um, followers and my Instagram content. I like having all of that be separated. I don't know if I'm really keen on the idea Of having all three of those apps be in one. But we'll see. They said this is looking like early 2020 when the integration would take place. And so, of course, a lot of things could happen as we're still in January of 2019. So we're still 11 plus months out. But uh, along with that news story, I did see that Facebook was shutting down their Moments app, which is a photo Moments app. I don't know. I've never heard of it. I it kind of tagged along with the other story. And so I thought I might as well throw it in here, but it's, I don't know. I've never heard of it. So that's probably not any big news to anyone else. Uh, But that's all I really have for this episode. Um, I always like to close up uh, an episode of kind of what I'm reading or listening to or searching for, And so what I'm listening to this week, I'm actually getting a little bit more into audiobooks um, as I am studying for some other items in my life. And so I thought audiobooks would be a way to go to kind of take a break from that. I'm reading a book by Mark Reese called Springfield Confidential. Mark Reese is one of the longest standing writers for The Simpsons. And so the fact that he has a book I thought was awesome. So I've been kind of listening to that on the audiobook and so far so good. Um, I'm about four or five chapters in. I definitely recommend it so far. Um, great jokes, great content. Um, as far as Instagram feature, I would like to throw out an Instagram account that I feel like more people should follow. Um, for this episode, I want to throw out the Instagram account of Shane Terry photo. And Shane is S-H-A-N-E, Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, and photo is F-O-T-O. Um, this person's out of Toronto. And he kind of uh, has that film vibe with color, but kind of like that Snapchat street style. And so that's kind of the style I've been into lately. Um, speaking of that, on my Instagram, my kind of my main account is rich, which is 1R2Is, 3Cs, and 4Hs. But I've had a second account for a while. I'm kind of getting back into the second account. So my first account, Rich, um, with all those letters, is more black and white. I've kind of revamped that to be just black and white only. Now, my second account is Rich Snaps. is R-I-C-H-S-N-A-A-P-S. And so... Um, I, you know, wanted to make that second account more of a color account, uh, more of that snapshot style. So go ahead and check out either one of those, uh, you know, leave me a comment on, you know, Instagram, drop me a message on there. If you're on the anchor app, you can leave a voicemail and I can respond to it on the next episode, but that is all I really have for this episode. So I will see everybody in episode 12. Thanks.